Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode, episode 66, has to do a little bit with Mother's Day, but not the way you would think. So happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful mothers out there. Hopefully you have an enjoyable day, week, month, whatever you want to celebrate. Hopefully you have an enjoyable one, whatever whatever it is you do. Today's episode, we are continuing with our women's serial killers. And today's episode, we are doing Amelia Dyer, a.k.a. the Reading Baby Farmer. Has anyone heard of this lady? I didn't. I was working on another episode and my son says, yo, dad, you need to do an episode on this because this lady was all kinds of crazy. And so I started looking up the information, putting my other episode off to the side and realized, damn, this lady really is messed up. So let's, without further ado, let's go ahead and start (laughs) without further ado. Fuck, I hate saying that. But without keeping everyone waiting, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Who is Amelia Dyer? Amelia Dyer was the youngest of five with three brothers and one sister in a small village of Pyle Marsh, just east of Bristol, England. The daughter of a master shoemaker, Samuel Hobley and Sarah Hobley. Amelia learned to read and write and developed a love of literature and poetry. Her childhood was marred by mental illness of her mother caused by typhus. So, so far we see that Amelia, I mean, a lot, a lot of things have, have similar feelings and, and, and fillers to where shit's already going to be kind of messed up for Amelia. She's, I mean, her dad's a shoemaker, which I'm not against shoemakers, but her mom has mental illness caused by typhus. Remember Unit 731 where they had the, the fucking uh, uh, the fleas that were going around in, in uh, infesting or infecting people with typhus and all that shit? Jesus Christmas, my brain. So Amelia saw her mom deal with mental illness, which I mean, that's never easy for a child. It really isn't. It's, it's one of those things to, it, it, it's just a lot of weight and a lot of stress for any child, for anybody really. And even, even the affected individual that has mental illness, it, it, it's not, it's just not a good deal to deal with. Amelia witnessed her mother's violent fence and was obliged to care for her until she died. She died raving in 1848. Researchers later commented on the effect this had on Dyer and also what it taught her up here to lose their mind through illness. So her mom died in, in, a, in a raging fit. Amelia was forced to care for her. That's never, I mean, whenever a child has to care for their parent at such an early age, it, it's, it's a sucky thing. Number one, because no, no child wants to care for the parent. I mean, as much, as much love as someone has for their parent, a child doesn't want to be, they don't want to have that obligation of having to care for a parent. The parent is supposed to care for the child, but when the parent is incapacitated, it's all bad. It's all kinds of bad to where you, you just, it's just a fucked up situation, no matter how you look at it. But Unfortunately, that, that's, those are the type of things that start messing with the child's psyche as they grow up and then they start, they start developing certain habits and traits. You know, it, it's not, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. It all depends on the individual and the, and the surrounding environment. So the beginning of her spree. So after marrying George Thomas, Dyer trained as a nurse. From contact with a midwife, Ellen Dane, she learned of an easier way to earn a living using her own home to provide lodging for young women who had conceived illegitimately. And then farming off the babies for adoption or allowing them to die of neglect and malnutrition. So back in the early times around, again, this is the Victorian era, so this was the 1800s. There was a thing called baby farming where they it's not where they, <laughs> it's not where they grow a bunch of babies, but where they literally grab or, or receive babies who aren't wanted. They are given to this to this orphanage, this quote, this orphanage, and they are either put up for adoption or just left there to to live out the remaining of their years. Yes. And I re, when I mean remaining of their years, I literally mean from the time that. They are born up until the time that they die. If not, somewhere, if they're lucky enough to make it out at 18, 
then they're able to go and live a prosperous life. But until then, they're stuck at this fucking baby farm factory. And it's, 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 it's sad. I was doing some research on that shit, reading about it. God damn, the conditions were fucked up in there. Unmarried mothers during the Victorian period often struggled to gain an income since the 1834 Poor Law Amendment Act had removed any financial obligation from the fathers of illegitimate children whilst bringing up their children in a society where single parenthood and illegitimate illegitimacy were stigmatized. So the 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 era in the, the English or in yeah in England, they passed a law where if the child is illegitimate, the the fathers have no financial responsibility for that child. So a lot of mothers, uh, I mean a lot of them of course, or not of course, but unfortunately were poor and they were unable to to make some sort of financial some sort of financial gain or some sort or it should just make a living period and so a lot of times they were hoping that yeah with the with the work of child support and all this other stuff that they would be able to make some sort of living and and have support for their children but the government at that time for for England said nah man if this kid's illegitimate and homeboy has the money or even doesn't have the money, he's not financially responsible because it's illegitimate. We don't recognize illegitimate kids. We don't recognize children out of wedlock. So therefore, the mother and the baby fly, fly, birdie, because you are on your own. That's a fucked up ass lie. I hope it changed. <laughs> This led to the practice of baby farming, in which individuals acted as adoption or fostering agents in return for regular payments or a single upfront fee from the baby's mothers. So they literally capitalized on the, the negative stigmatisms that were stick or stigma. Yeah. What are those words for, for the children? If a mother couldn't raise their kids or the child that they were that they were conceived with or they conceived they can go and give this child away to their to this adoption or this baby farming place or quote you know uh, adoption agency or orphanage and all they would have to do was pay one fee up front or a continuation of fees to help with with whatever you know expenses the child or the, the agency were to, were to have. So you can literally get, go give your kid away and pay a few pounds or quid. I don't know what, what the currency is. I've heard both pounds or quids to, to give this child to this agency and completely forget about him. And you are no longer responsible for this child again. That, that's, some, that's some crazy shit. Many businesses were set up to take in these young women and care for them until they gave birth. The mothers subsequently left their unwanted babies to be looked after as nurse children. That's one thing that you can do. I mean, they, they weren't able to go to hospitals, obviously, because they weren't, they weren't able to afford them. And from my understanding or from what I read was that a lot of hospitals weren't okay with, giving, with helping illegitimate kids being born. So these baby farming agencies literally started their own practice where they were, they said, Hey, you know, you, you can stay here until you give birth and then you have to leave. Well, the mothers realized, damn, I'm not going to be able to take care of my child. So I'm just going to leave my child here. And here's the, here's the, here's a little bit of money. Take care. I got to go. Fuck man. That's, that's some crazy shit. The predicament of the parents involved was often exploited by for financial gain. If a baby had well-off parents who were simply anxious to keep the birth secret, the single fee might be as much as 80 pounds. 50 pounds might be negotiated if the father of the child wanted to hush up his involvement. However, it was more common for these expectant young women to be impoverished. Such women would be charged about five pounds. These are, they're doing some Robin Hood shit. Let's rob from the rich and, get, and give to the poor. Although they forgot to give to the poor, they just kept all the financial reward for themselves. So if the, parent had, if the parents were rich or they had, were well off, they would be charged a higher fee in order for them to, to complete their negotiations or to complete their deal or whatever, whatever it is that, that they agreed upon. So if a, if a father was of a well-known status or they just didn't want anybody else to know that they got these kids, that they got these, these women pregnant, they would pay an extra amount of money just to keep the whole thing secret and hush. That way nobody would be able to find out and nobody would figure out 
what the fuck is happening and why i mean where where would all these random man's kids pop up about pop up from no one really knew i guess well i guess and nobody would ever know if they are going in if they're having these kids and giving them out to to the the, the baby farming places then nobody would know that these people were were uh, having children right right but you know <sighs> I kind of agree, but I kind of don't agree. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not encouraging baby farming. I'm not. I'm not encouraging any of that stuff. However, it just seems a lot more logical. Okay, wait, pause. Let me. Let me. Let me rephrase that, or let me. Let me backtrack a little bit. I don't approve of the the reason or how this all turns out. Obviously, they're on my podcast. Obviously, this is going to end really bad. But I'm not talking about having the. The uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the, the positivity <laughs> of for this particular story, but I am for, you know, if you can't raise your children, then, you know, give, give them up for adoption. That way they have a chance of a better life. Okay, I said all of that just to say that little thing, and it still didn't make sense to me in my head, but let's move on. <laughs> Poor caretakers resorted to starving the farmed out babies to save money and even to hasten death. Noisy or demanding babies could be sedated with easily available alcohol and or opiates. Godfrey's cordial, cordial, known as Mother's Friend, a syrup containing opium, was a frequent choice. So if your baby was just a normal baby and they wanted to eat because they weren't eating or they were hungry because they haven't eaten and they start crying and communicating the way babies do, these fucking caretakers would just give them dope and tell them to shut the fuck up pretty much and just leave them off. <laughs> Just leave them off in the wind and let and let whatever nature, whatever course nature is going to take, let it take its course. They would also starve them to death. And the reason why they would starve them is to cut down on costs so they can pocket more of the money. If you're if you're handing out 80 quid or 80 pounds and the cost for food for that specific child or for multiple child ends up, you know, multiple child, multiple children end up being 20, 40 quid or pounds. Now you're, you're only pocketing 40 pounds of what you were given. So in order to cut down cost, why not fuck the kids up and starve them out? That way they have no chance of eating up cost. You know what I mean? Wow. Mother's Friend. That reminds me of Mother's Little Helper by, by the Rolling Stones. That's a, great, that's a great record, by the way. Check that, check that record out. Mother's Little Helper by, by the Rolling Stones. Fucking great song. Opium killed far more infants through starvation than directly through overdose. Dr. Greenhow, investigating for the Privacy Council, noted her children, no, noted how children, quote, kept in a state of continued narcotism, narcotism will be thereby disinclined for food and be but imperfectly nourished, end quote. Fancy as Brits back in the day talking all fancy. I can't even read that shit. <laughs> What 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 this what this uh, Doctor Greenhow discovered was that these children were doped up so much is that they were too high to even want to eat. So when a kid isn't asking for food, a kid isn't going to get fed. Bottom line. However, these kids were so hungry but doped up at the same time that they ended up dying from being malnutrition, not even from the overdose. They were they were they were starved out because they were high. They were kept high just so they can shut up and not and not complain. That is some fucked up shit. I guess buying a bottle of opium was a lot cheaper than buying food. And well, this was back in the 1800s, where food, you know, a lot of things were a lot more difficult to get than what they are, what they are now. So, what? Yeah, that that's the, that's some fucked up shit. I mean, I can't even really comment on on too much of of that. I mean, to to deliberately let to deliberately let someone starve is. One of the most fucked up things that, that you can probably do. Death from severe malnutrition would result, but the coroner was likely to record the death as debility from birth or lack of breast milk or simply starvation. So they kept out the opium 100%. Or they kept out the opiates 100%. Or alcohol and opiates 100%. But what they blamed it on is lack of breast milk and lack of, of, uh, of food. Or just simply starvation. So they would just leave out the most important thing. Like, hey, man, these motherfuckers are getting doped up. Let's leave that out. Let's go ahead and say that, 
Oh, they died because they didn't have breast milk. Well, yeah, they didn't have breast milk. You have a bunch of um, of, of nurses out there who aren't who who aren't producing milk or don't have any pumps back then. I can imagine what the what the what the rudimentary pumps, breast pumps would be back in the day. Jesus Christmas. So you have you have that going on, and then everything on top of of the, the I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pretty sure the conditions were fucking horrid. So on top of all that, yeah, these kids are going to starve. And why wouldn't the coroner report any of this to, to, law, to law enforcement? I guess they, they figured, hey, why not? We'll just leave it this way and, and just let it ride. Fuck it, huh? Mothers who chose to reclaim or simply check on the welfare of the children could often encounter difficulties. But some, would simply, but some were t- simply too frightened or ashamed to tell the police about any suspected wrongdoings. Even authorities often had problems... Tracing any children that were reported missing. So there, right there, there is one of those things that really sucks. I mean, you have a mother who who has a, a problem or has a guilty conscience, depending on 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 what's going on, and they want to go retrieve their children. They want to go check on the well-being. I mean, no matter no matter what. I mean, it's it's very rare. Where a mother would would just abandon their children and just let them go, as and and never and never worry about them ever again. It, it, it's one of those things to where I I really doubt mothers have that that cold hardness or that ability to just completely forget about their their newborn baby and forget that they even existed. You know what I mean? It, it's one it's one of those deals that. A mother's love is the mother's love, no matter how bad the mother is. And when these ladies went back to go check on the kids or try to retrieve them, like, yo, I fucked up. Apparently, these nurses were like, no, no, sorry, man. Once you pay my due and sign the paper, then it's done. It's over with. Fuck that shit. And then now they can't, they, they can't retrieve the kids and they can't try to right the wrongs that, that, they, that they did. It's a fucked up system, but hey, it worked. So the killing begins. You know, I, I know we got off on this whole tangent about what's this and that and this and this. However, when does the killing start? Now, Amelia Dyer is starting to come into her own. She is going to start. Now, she's a nurse already. She, she, she's, already she's already become a nurse. And now she's going to start taking over and really coming into full, uh, full form, I guess you can say. Dyer was keen to make money from baby farming, and alongside taking in expectant women, she advertised to to nurse and adopt a baby in return for a substantial one-off payment and adequate clothing for the child. So Amelia Dyer would would say, yo, I will take your kid, just pay me one time, get it over with, and we'll we'll get some clothes and, and we're good to go. However... Why would a, why would any parent believe that shit? Number one, I mean, when when you're when you're desperate and you don't you you don't have a way out, you you start looking for anything that that that's going to help you out. But Amelia Dyer wanted to make money. Now, so so every every motive every killer has a motive. I, I mentioned that last week, and Amelia Dyer's motive was one hundred percent financial gain. She wanted to make money in any way, shape, or form that she was able to make money. So. She came up with this brilliant idea. So, you know, I can start doing this. I can start charging. I've heard people talk about it. Because, I mean, in nur- once you're in the nursing community, you start meeting other nurses, you start meeting other people in healthcare, and they start, you know, get, they start filling you in on the deets on how to make more money doing certain jobs and doing other jobs. So what she did was she said, hey, I'm going to take what these people are telling me, and I'm going to start my own business, and we're going to start making some chips, you know, racks on racks on racks. And that's what she did. In her advertisement and meetings with clients, she assured them that she was respectable and married and sh- that she would provide safe and loving home for the child. That's a fucking lie. It doesn't see, and that, that's a crazy thing. Back then, being married was such a huge deal. If you weren't married and you tried to say that, hey, I'm going to care for a child, you were a fucking heathen. You were a fiend. You have no right. You were an immoral individual, especially women. Women got shit on back, uh, bad back then. That you are not worthy of doing anything other than doing nothing. Because <laughs> you know, that, that was a big thing that I was reading out through all this, this information was that a lot of times people would ask, were you married? Were you happy? You know, all this other shit. That way the parents felt more comfortable or they, they would be duped in believing that leaving their kids in this, in this situation would be a lot better than what they were able to do. Dumb. 
At, at some point in her baby farming career, Dyer, Dyer decided to forego the expense and inconvenience of letting the children die through neglect and starvation. Soon after the receipt of each child, she murdered them, thus allowing her to pocket most of all, most or all the fees. So Amelia Dyer said, you know what? Fuck the middleman. I'm, I'm not going to wait for nature to take his course. I am going to hurry up and I'm, I'm going to move along this process to make sure that I can take care of myself and pocket as much money as I can. A lot of personal businesses. It doesn't matter what the per the point is. People want to number one be their own boss and to make more money than what they what they're already making. And a lot of times that's zero money. So why not try to make as much money as you can? However, Amelia Dyer said, "Fuck the moralities, fuck the ethics. I'm just going to go ahead and kill the kids and just pocket all the money. So you put you give me your kid through the front door. They're not going to make it through the back door because the kids are already going to be dead. And I'm just going to pocket the whatever money you give me." For some time, Dyer eluded the resulting interest of the police. She was eventually caught in 1879 after a doctor was suspicious about the number of child death he had been called to certify in Dyer's care. However, instead of being convicted of murder or manslaughter, she was sentenced to six months hard labor for neglect. This doctor grew suspicion talking about, hey, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm, I'm coming to this, to this uh, baby farm and I'm, I'm certifying a lot of baby de deaths. I know this is the 1800s. I know babies die left and right. However, this is more... This is more of uh, this. This rate is, is a more rapid rate than what it usually is. We should really look into that. So they went in there. They, they the, the police evaluated her or investigated and said, yo, this is neglect. Let's just give her six months of hard labor. Let's not even convict her of any sort of murder. I don't know how neglect and the baby's dying does not result in murder. I don't know. I don't know what the laws were from back then in the old days. So I, I can't really <laughs> I can't really say, hey, this is the reason why. The experience allegedly almost destroyed her mentally, though others have expressed incredulity at the leniency of the sentence when compared to those handed out for lesser crimes at the at that time. People were wondering, yeah, I mean, Amelia Dyer going into prison really fucked her up mentally. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that really fucked her up, just like it would fuck up anybody, bottom line. However, what people were more shocked about is that how, how light of a sense, she only got six months of hard labor and nothing else happened to her. Why? I mean, people were getting worse crimes from, from doing lesser, lesser, less violent things than what Amelia Dyer, Dyer was convicted or was arrested for. Nobody knows why. Why? Does she have the, does she know people? Did I wonder, oh my gosh, what would happen? Or what do you think if one of her clients, one of the babies that were dropped off in her care might have been a baby of someone who worked in the justice department or the just the, the the justice field what what do you think that's what i think maybe that her her child or one of the children that were dropped off to her they were one of the judges or cops or something and they didn't she didn't they didn't want them to spill just uh, drop dimes and so they said yo I will make sure that you get a, a pretty easy sentence if you just shut the fuck up and don't say anything about you, me, or the baby or the, or the girl that I got pregnant. Just do me that and I got you. Here's a solid slap hands. Damn, I think that's what happened because six months hard labor just for that? Fuck that. Upon release, she attempted to resume her nursing career. She had spells in mental instability and suicidal tendencies. These always coincided with times when it was convenient for her to, quote, disappear. I don't know what that means, but apparently somewhere along the line, she also had a suicide attempt. So you have a suicide attempt and now you're, you're, you're mentally unstable because remember, her mom was mentally unstable. So because of that, majority of the time, if not all the time, now I'm not a mental health expert, so don't quote me on this. I don't know 100%. However, I believe that mental health is if if a parent or someone in the family has a mental illness there's mental illness there's a chance that it can be passed through I mean it, it's a hereditary deal. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. I'm not even a hundred percent sure on that. Don't quote me on that. I'm just simply throwing out my my negative three point five cents, okay? So look it up. <laughs> Being a former asylum nurse, Dyer knew how to behave to ensure a relatively comfortable existence as an asylum as an asylum inmate. So she knew how to work the system. She she was a mental health nurse for some time. 
And any of my any of um, any nurses who worked or any anybody who has worked in mental health for a long period of time, you start to see certain behaviors and certain routines and certain things that can make a, a a patient's life a lot easier and almost comfortable, depending on the facility and where they're at, where they actually have a decent time where they, I mean, they're legitimately trying to recover. However, with Amelia, in Amelia's case, she's like, yo, I'm just going to fuck the system and I'm going to manipulate it, do what I need to do so I can get by and enjoy my life once I get out of it. So being an, an asylum nurse, she knew the ins and outs and knew what to do in order to have a better time in an asylum. Now, is that corrupt? Is that fucked up? Or is that genius? I think it's genius. I think it's a genius plan for her to pull the wool over everyone. Because, I mean, you think that, okay, she went to an asylum. She's been rehabilitated. She's been stabilized. She knows how to do it. Or she, she knows how to be a productive member of society. And now she comes out and it's completely opposite. And she doesn't know how to be a, a, a productive member of society. She's still all fucked up. She just learned how to manipulate the system. Dyer appears to have begun abusing alcohol and opium-based products early in her killing career. Her mental instability could have been related to her substance abuse. That's not a, that's not a, an uncommon thing. Whenever you abuse a lot of a lot of substances, you end up having induced psychosis or induced substance mental health issues. You know, a lot of times. You, you hear the stories, you know, people on PCP, they, they, they over prolonged use, even when they're sober, they have things crawling on them, meth users, they have their paranoid, uh, alcohol abusers. I mean, alcohol abuse, alcohol is some of the worst alcohol you can be addicted to. It's crazy how legal it is. It is one of the worst alcohol or one of the worst substances to detox from. It, it fucks you up. I mean, your liver, your kidneys, your fucking brain, it, it destroys your body from the inside out. No, I'm not saying this to scare anyone. However, if you are an alcoholic or you have a substance abuse issue, please go and seek help. Call a help hotline. Call a local detox facility, and try to get the help that that you need. It's not even for everyone else. It's for you. You know, fuck everybody else. You need to take care of yourself first. Yeah, take care of what's wrong with you on the inside, and and get your addictions under control, and you'll live a lot. You know, you'll live a, a healthier, more clear life. But back to the show. There's been there's been cases where people have actually had alcohol induced psychosis where you are having auditory and visual hallucinations. You're hearing voices or you're hearing things that that aren't there. You are seeing things that aren't there. And it's all because of the alcohol abuse. So it's not uncommon and it's not far fetched that Amelia Dyer could 1000 percent have been suffering from substance abuse psychosis. Or, you know, I mean, you get depressed, you get, there's a bunch of things that happen when you have substance and she's abusing alcohol and opiates. Oh yeah. That was just a disaster for uh, that. That was a disaster for her health and for everything else and to, to not be, not be able to function as the, the way that she's supposed to function. So in 1880, Dyer cared for the illegitimate, illegitimate baby of a governess. When she returned to visit the child, the governess was immediately suspicious and stripped the baby to see if a birthmark was present on one of its hips. It wasn't. And prolonged suspicious, suspicion by the, suspicions by the authorities led to Dyer having or feigning a breakdown. Dyer at one point drank two bottles of laudanum. Laudanum. In a serious in a serious suicide attempt, but her long-term abuse had built up her tolerance to opium products, so she survived. You know, I'm not I'm again, if you have if you if you're having any thoughts of self-harm, if you feel if you feel down in the dumps, if you feel if you just feel worthless, helpless, and hopeless, please go seek help. I always give a whenever I talk about suicide, I always give a little disclaimer. Please go seek the help. Call a help hotline and get some help. Some help is better than no help. Someone is better. To, someone will always listen to you. Just do that step and reach out to get the help. Okay? Back to the show. Could you imagine attempting suicide by drinking opium, but you've drank so much of it that your body's like, damn, this is a Tuesday night for me, homie. Yeah, we're not going to do I mean, I feel a little woozy, but I'm not going to die from this bullshit, you know? It's like, some, it's like Charlie Sheen. 
Tiger's blood, winning. It's similar to that when you've done so much of it, your body builds an immunity, not not an immunity, but it builds up a tolerance to where now you need two, three times, four times the amount to do the to do the desire to have the desired effect on you. And in Amelia Dyer's case, it was to kill herself. However, she was unable to do that because of her tolerance for all the all the shit that she was that she was doing. Damn, it's all kind of bad. It is all kinds of bad. She returned to baby farming and murder. <laughs> I like how that, excuse me, I like how that, how that comes in. She returned to baby farming and murder. Dyer realized the folly of involving doctors to issue death certificates and began disposing of the bodies herself. <laughs> Dyer said, you know, I'm not going to, that, that's where I fucked up. I'm not going to bring doctors into certified death, deaths anymore or, or, print, or write out death certificates. So what I'm going to do is I am going to give, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dispose of the body so that way I don't have to do any certifications. And number two, if a death certificate is needed, then I'm assuming, now this is all out of assumption. I didn't find the exact details for, for this statement that I'm going to make. But I'm pretty sure that she forged and created fake documents, fake uh, death certificates in order to back up, back up her lies and cover the murders that or covering the body and the murders that she, that she committed. It just makes sense. You know what I mean? It just I mean, but but to just dispose to dispose of her bo- of the bodies herself now. Back in the 1800s, I'm pretty sure it was a lot easier to get away with hiding bodies than what it is now. I don't think that it was that difficult back in the day. I'm just assuming I wasn't born in the 1800s, though. I think my sister was, so I can probably ask her if she was born in the 1800s, but or how it was in the 1800s. But as far as to me, no, no, I, I don't. I couldn't do that. The precarious nature and extent of her activities again prompted undesirable attention. She was alert to the attention of police and of parents seeking to reclaim their children. So she started doing all kinds of shady shit, and the police were like, "Yo, this lady's back at it again." And people from the people who were giving the babies or the, the parents who were trying to reclaim the babies, but yo, this lady is not right. There's something going on with her. We should go collect our kids because I'm pretty sure things are going to be fucked up there. And the cops are, are again looking at her like, damn, Daniel, Amelia Dyer back with the killing of the babies. But nothing ever came by or came out of it. So not sure exactly what what i i mean the, when, when you have when you have such a, a an obvious gig going on and people start wondering why don't you ever have a full nursery or full f- baby farm i'm i'm pretty sure people start wondering and start raising suspicion i mean and again people talk and after a while your your name is going to come around your i recognize that lady she was here in this city and she did the same thing and she was you know she was investigated for a bunch of people's deaths how did she get caught? How was Amelia Dyer caught? Unbeknownst to Dyer, on March 30th, 1896, a package was retrieved from the Thames at Reading by Bergman. By a Bergman, the package Dyer dumped was not weighed adequately and had been easily spotted. It contained the body of a baby girl later identified as Helena Fry. As well as finding a label from Temple Mead Station, Bristol, he used microscopic analysis of the wrapping paper and, de- and deciphered a faintly legible name, Mrs. Thomas, and an address. So this cop was the elite of the elite of the elite. <sighs> this cop said, yo, I am going to find out what this is and I'm going to fuck people up because this isn't right. No one should be dumping little babies in, in the water. Bottom line. Nobody should be dumping babies, period. That, that's, that's the bottom line, you know. It just just all bad, but good good job for this for this detective. This evidence was enough to lead police to Dyer, but they still had no strong evidence to connect her directly with a serious crime. God damn, this lady is literally just doing whatever she wants and saying fuck the police, and they just cannot pin her to any sort of murder. Why? What is going on here? How is this woman evading the the, the cops so much? They're crazy. A diff, additional evidence they. Additional evidence they they received from witnesses and information obtained from Bristol police only served to increase their concerns. And D.C. Anderson with Sergeant James placed Dyer's home under surveillance. Sur- surveillance. <laughs> surveillance. So this this, uh, this detective, I mean, he, he knew, he had a hunch. And with all the evidence that were popping up, all the evidence that was popping up, 
he was able to use his brain to to finally put this house under surveillance and find and hopefully catch something and find something that they can pin that they can pin on her so they can get rid of this lady. Subsequent subsequent intelligence suggested that Dyer would abscond if she came at all under suspicion. The officers decided to use a young woman as a decoy, hoping she would be able to secure a meeting with Dyer to discuss her services. Now we're infiltrating the the, the beast's den. We are heading in there at this point. I'm telling you, when you start using a decoy, shit is starting to get real. I think some of the best crime movies or some of the best, uh, uh, I, I don't know if anybody remembers Cops or uh, Live PD when they use decoys, like uh, prostitute decoys, drug dealer decoys. Those were the most fucking interesting ones because these guys were like, oh my gosh, I had no clue. I did not even think that you were not real. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, that's pretty badass. I'm sure that's like one of the first uses of a decoy uh, that, that might have been used. I might be exaggerating. I don't know for sure. I'm just throwing that out there. This may have been designed to help detective to positively link Dyer to her business activities, or it may have simply given them a reliable opportunity to arrest her. One way or the other, they were going to catch her. They, they were either going to catch her for, for doing what she was doing with the babies, or they're going to have more information opened up to them so they can eventually put a case against her and have her taken out of business and, and just out of control, I mean, out of production. So one way or the other, they, they were gonna they were gonna pop her. One, they're gonna fuck her up. You just, but that was the bottom line. That that was the end result of whatever they did with the decoy. Dyer was expecting her new client to call, but instead she found detectives waiting at her doorstep. On April third, the police raided her home. They were struck by the stench of human decomposition, although no human remains were found. So they walked in and found they they, they just had a, a foul odor of death and decay. However, they couldn't put the bodies to, they couldn't find any bodies because the bodies were all, they were all taken care of. I mean, you're dealing with someone who has been doing this for a long, long time. You can, you can describe or you can defend this, the stench of death or decomposition, but you can't defend and explain dead bodies around your property. You, you just can't do that. It's either, you know, you, you just can't, there's no way. There's no way logically that you can explain a, a baby or, or a body farm, a, a death just at your property. You can't explain any of that. However, what you can explain, though, is you can explain why it's, you know, the, the stink. I mean, back then in the 1800s, I'm pretty sure ventilation was poor and they didn't have what, what's available now. There was, however, plenty of other related evidence, including white edging tape, telegrams regarding adoption arrangement, arrangements, pawn tickets for children's clothing, receipts for advertisements and letters from mothers inquiring about the well-being of their children. I don't know how how that I don't know how that stuff right there can be evidence of of wrongdoing. You know, tape, letters, receipts, you know, oh, well baby clothes you're you're pawning baby clothes. It makes you it makes you scratch your head because I mean if you're running a baby farm and you're receiving babies, wouldn't you want to keep the ba- the clothes of the babies who've passed so you can give it to the new baby? That way you wouldn't have to worry about a baby not having clothes. But now what she did was she said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to go ahead and and go pawn this and get some extra frog skins in my in my pocket. Frog skins is money, by the way, uh, to to uh, uh, live up the life. That way I I can just you know I'm making my money where I need to be made. Just it doesn't make I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time it's really fucked up." The police calculated that in the previous few months alone, at least 20 children had been placed in the care of a, quote, Mrs. Thomas, now revealed to be Amelia Dyer. Now her her alias is blown. Her AKA, her disguise, it is blown out the water. Now they know that she is the one who's been jumping from city to city to city to start new farming places so she can start fucking up more kids and make more money. It also appeared that she was about to move home again, this time to Somerset. This rate of murder has led to some estimates that Miss Dyer that Mrs. Dyer may over decades have killed over 400 babies and children, making her one of the most prolific murderers ever. You heard me right. 400 babies and children in a decade. In a 10-year span, she killed 400 babies and children. That's a big fucking number. That that takes a lot of moxie and a lot of lot of a uh, lot of fucking balls, you know, fucking balls, Polly. I, I 
I, I know I know I've read a lot of fucked up things on this podcast, and I know that I've always had I know that I've 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 put a lot of stuff on here where it's kind of shocking, but 400 babies and children. That's a large number for someone to 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 fuck up, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if I just have to disconnect to where I don't see it as bad as as an adult being killed or that many adults being killed. But when you hear babies and children, man, that that that's a fucked up number. That's a lot of babies and innocent kids that 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 didn't deserve any of that. Uh, it's nuts, you know what I mean? It's crazy that she was able to get away with that for so long and just, God damn. So her arrest and her trial, of course, I mean, the the, the detectives made, they, they, they did a sting. They raided her home or her, her business. They found out who she was. They found all this evidence. So now they are, she's arrested and now she's going to have to go to trial, of course, right? Dyer was, Dyer was arrested on April 4th and charged with murder. Her son-in-law, Arthur Palmer, was charged an, as an accessory. Good. Fuck that fool. Fuck her too. During April, the Tom the Thomas was degraded. Oh, the Thames, my bad. During April, the Thames was degraded, dredged, and six more bodies were discovered, including Doris Mormon and Harry Simmons and Harry Simmons, Dyer's last victims. So at the Thames in Reading, in Reading, I don't know what it's called, Reading or Reading, but they discovered more bodies. Six more bodies to be exact. That's fucked up. Each baby had been strangled with white tape, which was lettered with was later told by the which is later told the police quote was how was oh which was later how she what she told the police was how you could tell it was one of mine end quote 11 days after handing her daughter to dyer elena evelina mormon whose name had emerged in items kept by dyer identified her the daughter's remains could you imagine going to a place where you think your child is going to be taken care of and only to realize that not that your child hasn't been taken care of in the in the slightest and that you have now identified your child's body or your child's remains not even the body just the child's remains because some fucking idiot killed your child <sighs> fucking crazy the police calculated that in the previous few months alone, at least 20 children have been placed in the care of a... Oh, wait, hold on. I already read that. My fault. On May 22nd, 1896, Dyer appeared at the Old Bailey and pleaded guilty to one murder, that of Doris Mormon. Evidence from a man who had seen and spoken to Dyer when she had disposed of the two bodies in Coversham Lock also proved significant. Her daughter had given graphic evidence that ensured Dyer's conviction. Damn. How is your own child going to drop dimes on you? That's why. That's what I don't understand. Your child is your, your own kid is is smart enough to know that whatever mom is doing is really fucked up, and so we shouldn't be doing that. And if she gets caught, I'm dropping dimes, or I don't know what the equivalent to a dime in England is. I, I don't know. Do you drop pounds? Do you drop quids? Do you? I, I don't know. Do, what, what do you drop? What, what's an equivalent to ten cents here in America? Ten ten cents U.S. What is that in? in English money. I don't know, but whatever she was, she was dropping him left and right on her mom. Good. Fuck that lady. It took the jury just four and a half minutes to find her guilty. <laughs> they didn't even waste time. They just got together over, over a cup of tea and said, yo, she's fucking guilty, mate. And they said, yep, I agree. Oi, fuck that lady. And they found her guilty quick, right? Quick and fast in a hurry. Good. They don't need to drag the trial out. Fuck that lady. On Wednesday, June 10th, 1896, she was asked on the scaffold if she had anything to say. She said, I have nothing to say, end quote, just before being dropped at 9 a.m. precisely. Yo, she was hanged. She was taken to the gallows and fucking hanged for killing for uh, for her her admission and her involvement in killing so many kids. 400, 400 babies and children were killed at the hands of this lady. Yeah. Exactly. She should be gone. And there's no reason for her not to be gone. Fuck that lady. I'm glad they hanged her. And it, it uh, never mind. I, I'm, I don't, I, my, my views on capital punishment is going to be out of here, but I mean, okay, no, it's not. I'm, I'm 100% for capital punishment. If the capital, the capital punishment fits to crime. If you're murdering 400 babies, then absolutely right. You should be, you should be sent to the gallows. There's no doubt you shouldn't be sent to the gallows. There's, there, there's absolutely no reason. Her son-in-law was actually found innocent after more and more investigation. Apparently, Dyer 
said she acted alone and no one had any involvement. She wrote this big old long letter with horrible fucking grammar. Right? That's why I didn't write it, read it, because it would have been just fucking atrocious. However, she wrote it and she admitted all guilt and she was the only party involved and everyone else who was in, who was charged with her or who was taken up was was let go and found innocent, which is good, you know. Fuck them, they should have been in jail too. You know what I mean? So, Graveyard Grumbler's final rap. <sighs> the end of the show. Graveyard Grumbler's final rap. So, what so the what the estimated body count for Amelia Dyer is four or excuse me two to four hundred deaths she is she's she's being questioned or she's being attributed to she she is responsible for approximately two to four hundred deaths of of innocent kids all because these mothers were hard on their luck and they wanted to give their kids a nice safe place to live to stay and to survive However, at the hands of Amelia Dyer, she said, no, I want to make racks on racks on racks. So fuck your kids. I'm going to kill every single one of them. She killed two to 400 innocent children. I, I know she is probably one of the worst serial killers that we have. And it's not even, I, I mean, I don't even think it's a serial killer. I don't know what kind of killer you would call that. Well, we'll just call her a serial, serial killer. However, she is by far one of the worst. I, I know we've had some pretty bad ones on here, but I don't think, I mean, John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer, they killed kids. They're, well, they killed, Jeffrey Dahmer killed youngsters. He didn't really kill kids, but John Wayne Gacy, he did kill kids, but it wasn't 200 to 400 fucking kids. I mean, yeah, he's still a dick and a monster, and I'm glad he's fucking dead. However, I think as of right now, as far as shock, a shock value and everything, and everything, the the way it is now or not now but the way this this episode went i think she's one of the worst fucking human beings to ever exist in 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 the realm of existence i'm sure a lot of them line up in that category but i haven't found them just yet i'm sure i will i'm sure i'll stumble across them i mean we have serial killers for days and days and days and days and days and days I think that everything she did was well-deserved. I mean, not everything she did. Everything she got or she received as far as punishment was well-deserved. And I don't feel any remorse. Fuck that lady. It is probably one of the most fucked up things where you're pretty much being paid to kill people. You're, 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 you're a death merchant. You know, you're, you're, the, you're the merchant of death. You're being paid to kill people. And what's worse is that you're not even being upfront that you're killing these people. You're, you're doing it at, at the good intention and trust of other people's kids and, you know, and, and offspring. It, it's, it's a fucked up deal. There's not really much else I can say on, on Amelia Dyer's. 1800 was a real fucked up time all around, but for her to, to come up on, on that type of business and to, and to be with that renowned for two to 400 bodies, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. Well, that is the end of the episode. That was a good episode. Thank you, Leo, my son, for suggesting this episode for me. I was, I had another, I had another one planned, but he was so excited about this. I decided to do this one instead. And so the next week's one is the one today's is the one that I had planned will be due next week. So that is coming out. I have extraordinary, amazing news. I am anally working on the horror stories for all of you wonderful people. And I was just gifted the most amazing set or the most amazing thing a podcast creator can be gifted. I have been given something called Horror Box XL. And what that Horror Box XL does, it has several hundred sounds creepy eerie disgusting sounds that can be used for my stories i have an intro that i just created yesterday and it is fucking amazing i like it a lot of people like it a lot of people a lot of my family i played for my kids my wife my brother and they all loved it they might be biased they might just be 
making me feel good, but I'm okay with that because I was happy about it. <laughs> I'll let everyone else be the judge. It is, oh, I can feel it. I'm, 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 I'm recording stories soon. I'm writing a shitload of them. I'm recording them soon. I'm going to add the sounds. I'm going to add, it's a creepy, creepy, creepy event with the stories and I'm very excited to do it. So I appreciate everyone for your patience. And remember, once I start the Patreon, $5 a month, that's it for at least two stories a month. I'm not going to give you one story a month unless it's a long story. And then, of course, it's going to be broken up in parts. Uh, I'm going to give you two stories a month for $5. And the production and time and effort that I'm putting into these things are going to be well worth it. The sounds alone, the creepy, eerie noises. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Remember, along with the with the subscription, with the Patreon, all of my Patreon members are always going to have a permanent discount on all my merchandise. On all my merchandise, as long as you're a Patreon member, you will always have some sort of discount for my merchandise. Even when this, the regular sale on my regular podcast ends, my Patreon members will always have that. Even if it's an item that I first released and it's been several months down the road and you're like, damn, I really want to buy this, this one thing and I still have it in stock, you will still get a discount on that merchandise. It won't just be a limited, a limited offer. This will be a forever discount on all my merch for all my Patreon members. It is the least I can do for everyone to, for who has supported me or who will support me in my Patreon. And remember, with your first order, or actually not even your first order, not even your first order, all of my Patreon members, well, once I get my stickers made, I'm, I'm in the process of, of sealing a deal with someone right now with some stickers. I will be sending all of my Patreon members free stickers right out the gate. Boom. There you go. Free stickers. Enjoy stickers. Stick them everywhere. Put them where you want. Just as long as you know it's my gift to you for signing up and me thanking you for, for the support. Other than that, that is the only information I have. New episode next week. Hopefully, uh, this episode comes out good. I'm, I'm testing. I'm not testing, but... I'm, I'm, I'm running it through a different recording software than I usually do. So I'm hoping that my sound and everything comes out. If my sound isn't top quality like my previous episodes, please let me know. Send me a message. Send me an email, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast on Instagram, or even Graveyard Grumbler on a podcast on the, on the Podbean app. Send me a message letting me know that my audio sounds shitty. Please, I'm really anal. I'm really... I'm really hard on myself when it comes to my audio. Audio makes makes listening so much better, and I don't want it to be fucked up. So I'm trying it. I'm not trying out, but I'm recording. I transferred all of my all of my podcasts on that I was using on one software to a different software. So I'm still learning the tweaks. I I, I, I it's a learning process for me, but that I don't want it to stop me from putting out episodes. So please. Let me know if it sounds crappy. If it sounds good, please let me know. You can just send me a thumbs up and I'll know what that means. Or you can tell me good job or, hey, it sounds good. You don't have to go into detail. Just tell me, hey, it sounds shitty. And if, if, if it does sound shitty, please tell me what shitty sounds. The voice is too low. There's too much popping. There's this or that. Please just, just be descriptive on what shitty my audio sounds. Other than that, for those of you who, owned, who own iOS devices, MacBooks or iPhones, or Mac computers, go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review. I would appreciate that very much. I just like seeing the little stars and what you rate my show. I, I would appreciate that very, very much. So other than that, thank you very, very much. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Graveyard Grumbler Graveyard Podcast. Graveyard.